Take care and be sure to send us some money here at KPO. We're trying to raise that $75,000 by the end of the month there to help KPO out financially. It's our annual fall fundraiser, so help us out today. Whatever you can afford, we most appreciate it. More information available on the KPO website at kpo.com. Go to the donations link or just send us a check. KPOO, Post Office Box 156650, San Francisco 94115. Do it today, okay? Take care. We'll catch you next Thursday. Bye. KPO San Francisco, it's 11 o'clock. When we are ignorant, whether passively or intentionally, we have no chance to see the truth for what it is. If it is a passive kind of ignorance, we move about in a foggy bliss of unawareness. If we make ourselves ignorant, if we actively delude ourselves, then we are making a terrible mistake. Making a terrible mistake. We rob ourselves of the clarity of truths. We miss the beauty as well as the full depth and worth. Good morning. This is Nube coming at you from KPOO 89.5 San Francisco. Um, tuning in, and you can tune us in at uh, KPOO.com on the World Wide Web. Good morning. It is a beautiful Thursday morning. It is December 5th, I believe. And uh, thank you for tuning in and listening. This is a beautiful morning. I do have a few announcements before we get started this morning. So, um, KPOO is still in their fundraiser, people. We are now in the month of December. This is the last month, and we are trying to raise $75,000 by the end of this year. It is the time not only of giving, but of gathering together and really thinking about what these investments mean. This is one of the very few platforms, totally 100% listener-supported radio station. Please keep it coming and kick down some funds. No donation is too small. Just give what you can, please. And uh, you can donate online at kpoo.com with your debit or credit cards and know that all donations are tax deductible. You can also send a check or money order to KPOO PO Box 156650, San Francisco, California. California 94115. And um, if you are able to share a little bit more of your wealth, whatever that looks like, California Prison Focus is also in their fund. Well, they're actually trying to match a very generous uh, grant that was given to them. And we have until the end of the year as well. Um, you can go to um, www.prison.com. Uh, dot prisons dot 
org and make a donation there. Please, again, one of the very, very few organizations that uh, provides a platform for the voices of our loved ones on the inside is essential that we keep this, uh, the newspaper and this organization going again because it provides a platform uh, for those voices. And that is what we do here at Prison Focus Radio as well. So thank you again for tuning in on this Thursday morning. I want to give a big shout out to all of those folks listening behind the walls. We are here for you. And I would like to extend um, my encouragement to get the Prison Focus newspaper if you do not have it. For those that are um, uh, behind the walls in solitary confinement, I'm sending you some love and light and want you to know that you can get the Prison Focus newspaper uh, for free if you are in the shoe. And you can write to us at California Prison Focus 4408 Market Street, Suite A, Oakland, California, 94608. And um, I also encourage anybody else um, to get a subscription to this newspaper. It is a wonderful, wonderful tool, um, and it keeps uh, the portal open between us um, the community members out here in the quote free free world and our community members that have been snatched from us um, behind the walls uh, it is also a wonderful tool for organizing and uh, just keeping up to date about what's happening around prison issues and the prisoner and sorry the prison issues and the people that are experiencing what's going on inside so we want to hear your voices and i think people um out, out here we, we you want to hear their voices as well so again um you can write to us or you can go online at prisons.org okay um we are going to have a great show i still have a couple of announcements but um and then we're going to get to um we are going to get to our guest, Minister King. So we have a wonderful event that's happening. Uh, Minister King will be talking about it on this uh, coming up Saturday, December 7th from 4 to 7. We are going to be in, having a fundraiser for both the San Francisco Bayview um, Black, National Black Newspaper and California Prison Focus. It's going to be a fundraiser for both of those publications. Um, there's going to be amazing art and um, entertainment. Uh, it's going to be fantastic, uh, fantastic gathering. And then um, I do want to let people know about the uh, Liberate the Caged Voices Free Satawa campaign. Um, again, this is, I, I've spoken about it before. We are going to be talking about uh, it's it's an ongoing campaign, which is really about promoting uh, the prisoners' human rights movement. Um, that has we are just wanting to promote it and bring some more light to it as we um, help to gear up for uh, Satawa Nantambu Jama'a's parole coming up in July. Um, and as some of you know, uh, Satawa was suffering some health issues. He is making progress. And um, but he definitely and we definitely want all of us to come together, continue to send some prayers and love and light um, to his healing and um, to his sister Marie, because as we know, family members are just as affected by this as those um, of their loved ones that are locked away. Okay, so with that said, I am going to uh, give us a musical break, and hopefully when we come back, we will have Minister King on uh, to uh, fill out the show. All right, here we go.
Okay, folks. Well, excuse me for that not-so-great version of the uh, Flying Family Stone. I'm going to take you higher, but we do have Minister King on the line. So here we go. Let's see if we can hear him. Hello? Minister King, are you with us? Yeah, I'm here. Okay, fantastic. Can you hear me? Yeah, I can hear you. Uh, I can hear you pretty good. We might have a little bit of difficulty here, but as long as you can hear me, we're all good. Good morning. Uh, good morning. Revolutionary greetings. Say that again. I said greetings, revolutionary greetings. Yes, indeed, indeed. It is a beautiful day to be together, yes. So, Minister King, I would love for you to... I did say a little bit about you in the beginning, but I would love for you to, um, yeah, just give us a little background on where you're coming from, uh, introduce yourself some, and then we'll talk about this uh, this event that's happening. Uh, yeah, um, well, basically, my name is uh, Minister King X. My government name is uh, William E. Brown. I, I was born here in Oakland, California, born and raised. Um, first child by a father who raised me. Uh, basically, hold on first. Basically, um, coming up in Oakland, California, you seen um, it's a multicultural environment here, obviously. But when I was coming up, I didn't see as much uh, gentrification as I see now, because I, I was brought up in, in the times in the in the late late seventies, mid seventies, early eighties, when you know um, it was like the Reagan era was just coming, and that was during the crack epidemic. So I was seeing a lot of um, what you say. Uh, Black exploitation, where you seen pimps, drug dealers, it was a life full of strife, where you became a part of that environment, even though you sat resistance inside of you, because you knew something was wrong, wrong with the system, even at a young age, but you just couldn't pinpoint it. So I was just one of them guys that was trying to express myself and find my voice, and during that time, in the early 80s, I found myself also getting caught up in the system at a young age. I went to the youth authority. So that's how I first got introduced to the system as a young ward of the state, trying to be a part of the, uh, the pollution without having a solution. Mm-hmm. And then uh, one day I found out through self-realization and skill building that I could be a part of the solution instead of the pollution. So that's the one I am now today. I'm a self-realized person who came through the system at a young age. And, um, you know, 2019, July 9th, I was released from state prison. I was in um, Pelican Bay, High Desert, Corcoran, uh, Folsom, Lancaster. In fact, that's why I was released from Lancaster. So, yeah, that's a little backstory in my my life. Wow. And okay, so you were moved around, but I I would would you mind talking about how that self realization started? Because I think that's part of what's so um, you know kind of coming full circle in terms of what we're going to be doing over this weekend. Um, Part of it is honoring the elders, so I was wondering if you, yeah, if you would give some, yeah, share so, with us. So, yeah, so when, um, while I was in prison, you know, sometimes you, you can be the little knucklehead and others are like that, see the potential in you until you're forced to sit down. So I think it was 2000. Uh, maybe two, yeah, 2000. And, um, I had went to ASAG 
And in 2000, when I went to ASAG, you know, I was meeting elders there, but I, I had a short stay, you know. So I left out with knowing I, I would think I was there for like six months at the time because that was my first time going to ASAG with knowing that, oh, man, I ain't trying to be in the hole. I want to be on the uh, main line. And then I revisited, I think, in 2010. I had uh, went to the, uh, for alleged SBI, and somebody had dropped a 1030 on me. And and what what's that? A 1030 is a confidential informant, uh, piece of information that a confidential informant put information on you, alleging that you was either, you had, uh, participated in a particular uh, activity or the alleged affiliation or, you know, something that led to an investigation. Mm -hmm. So when I went to the hall for uh, for the SBI, uh, 1030 was dropped. So I'm like, okay, this is just suspending my stay because then they put me under investigation. And being that I didn't know at the time, you know, about much policy and procedure, so I found myself returning to some of them same elders who had been there who was trying to warn me earlier. So they was like, okay, well, now you're going to have to pick up a Title 15 and learn these things on your own because it's about finding, finding out your rights and knowing your rights. You know, so I was always told, like, if you do a crime or whatever you do or if somebody legend something against you, you got to look deep before you leave, most of all, you know, find out what you're up against. So what happened was I started finding out about uh, due process. And the first case law that you look up in due process is called Wolf versus McDonald. And I seen that a lot of my rights was being molested through CDC. And they was only taking advantage because they knew I didn't know at the time. So within, say, 60 days, 90 days, I started getting on top of it, and I knew right then and there, uh, okay, this is serious. If I don't take advantage of it and uh, find out more about my due process, they're not going to tell me. So during that time, I was having dialogue with elders while I was there, and they was giving me advice for us, you know, looking, looking into the law book, but not even that, reading and finding out more about self. And that's when I was introduced with certain particular books like The Destruction of Black Civilization, you know, and I started looking in these books and I already had a level of consciousness, but it just raised my consciousness to another level of degree to something I could understand and I could feel myself because it was knowledge of self. And, you know, reading books like Message to the Black Man, uh, you know, and I started realizing, okay, Everything happened for a reason. And I started remembering those voices of those elders that was telling me certain things. And I started reflecting and knowing how important it is to know self. And once you know yourself, and then you can find your purpose. And then you can start cultivating that purpose. Because that's, that's what we all here for, you know. I do believe in destiny. And so I feel that those circumstances made me stronger. And I was even stronger among unbroken men, even though there was men who had been in solitary confinement for some 10, some 5, 10, 15, but then you had 25, 30 years. And I was like, whoa, okay, this is real. Right, and they they then struggled first for themselves and also to try to get the, to get the elders out out from solitary confinement, but they were also doing it because of young young men like you, right? right? They didn't want you having to suffer that that same fate because you can learn this without having to be in prison. Like you said, I would like to just acknowledge that you you started with a level of consciousness when you were young before you you know, fell victim to the way that this system works to try to keep you weak and uneducated and, um, you know, that's what they're doing to the community. So you had a level of consciousness. You just didn't know 
where to put it. It, it wasn't being tapped into the resources that you right. needed weren't in your community, right? Right, right. So, I mean, you know, it's all saying, you know, collective struggle to create better living conditions. It's all about, you know, the family, community, and community is, uh, community is one family. So everything starts home, but when you're in a environment where it's total disorganized chaos, you can't. You know, it's something near. You can feel the temper. You can put your finger in there. It's like, okay, there's a lot of potential here, but um, a lack of uh, food, a lack of sleep. Sometimes you go to school and you can't focus. Right. So yeah, you're dealing with those cycle politics there inside the prison. Same uh, cycle politics that you deal inside with in, in the prison. You deal with it in school. So that's this from prison to us uh, uh, from school to prison pipeline. Because, okay, I can't focus in school, so now I'm focusing with the buddies. I'm lacking in my, uh, my, uh, my studies because I'm lacking in my sc- studies. I'm getting grazed. It's not up to par. Next thing you know, becoming a part of that environment, you find yourself in a, in, in, in a, uh, caste system where it's like, okay, here I am in prison, but am I really a prisoner? Am I really an inmate? Or am I still a human being? So it's about adapting to wherever you at. So that's what happens to a youngster. You come in inside the prison system, and if you uh lacking in, in, in awareness, it's up to you to be receptive, to sit down and, and learn about more about the person in the mirror. Once you learn about the person in the mirror and then you're ready, CDC can never rehabilitate an individual. It's about the individual rehabilitating himself, you know. So I'm, I remember uh, I read a piece where Malcolm said, "America is prison," you know. Yeah, America is prison. You got these real IDs where they saying, "Oh, you can't travel so far." There's borders, and inside prison, there's borders. So when you start getting a certain school of thought, and you're ready, and then you sit down around elders alike, and then they start showing you. Uh, that life is bigger than self. Now that you know yourself, go out there and, and spread the love with the knowledge that you know because life is like, all right, I'm looking at these elders that's in here, and I say, okay, you've been now 10, 15, 20 years, and you're saying you want a hunger strike, and I say, why are we hunger striking? And they start showing me the five-core demands, and I'm like, oh, okay, so that's what they were saying. The DRB. This is what they were saying. We've been back here for 10, 15, 20 years, and you start seeing yourself as a youngster saying, oh, I could be 50 years old, 30 years old in here. That's when you take it serious. That's when you know it's bigger than you. Absolutely. So, and you, you actually started doing some of that work when inside. I mean, the guys inside are also doing that work and created the agreement to end hostilities, um, which we'll talk a little bit um, about later uh, when we talk about the work that you're going to be doing um, with the fundraiser this weekend. But you started doing that work, like you said. It, you know, they asked you, "You got to, you got to take what you know now, and you got to, you got to share it. You got to bring it out. And you got to make sure that, again, those youngsters that you can relate to and that can relate to you." Um, get the same schooling, right? right. And so you started right. that work inside and then brought it out. Yeah, I mean, definitely. Um, you know, uh, as a youngster, you still, you got these certain attributes, whether it's the pop culture mm-hmm. or whatnot, and you still hold on to those things. Some people hold on to vices. And I fell in love with books. So once I started realizing that you know, it was a um, it was a old, old old paragraph that I had wrote down back back in like I think it was 2011, 2010, and 11 when I started realizing about the death penalty and long term solitary confinement, long term sentencing. I started realizing that man, this is so real that we need to start using our art 
as curriculum, whether it's the music, because back in the day, that's what hip-hop was about. Mm -hmm. You know, that's what all the culture and art was about, bringing awareness. So, you know, I already know. It's, it's So, for example, I'm going to read this piece that I had wrote back then and how it's relevant now, okay. today. And um, it say there are three possible aims of punishment, restraint, revenge, or reform. Capitalism only seemed to succeed at the first two. The retributive, excuse me, the retributive and vengeful justice of the present system has been a total and utter failure. Attempting to reform people to coercion and force can never succeed. Arguments based on fear and terror are never convincing. The institutionalized murder of the death penalty has never had the slightest effect on violent crime figures. It amounts to no more than revenge. Prison, if it achieves anything, tends to perpetrate crime with minor offenders who often goes on to commit greater crimes. Why not offend if nothing has changed? That's the old saying. Capitalism cannot solve the problem and creates the conditions which lead to most crimes. The supposed system of justice amounts to a closed caste judge and legal professionals. These are initiated into a tangible web of complex rules and regula regula regulations where any concept of justice or fair play intrudes purely and randomly. So basically how that... Uh, how I used to tell the youngsters how this uh, affect us is, say, for example, the new Jim Crow. So when I used to read the new Jim Crow in our classes and study groups, they was like, man, well, I'm not a slave. I'm like, well, hmm. if you look under the 13th Amendment, under the second clause, it tells you right there that because you were in prison, you're dealing with involuntary servitude. So this caste system that we deal with, you could be a part of part of it, promoting it by being out there, not educating yourself on the yard, fighting each other, promoting violence. You playing right into the same system that when they write Sacramento and they say, uh, yeah, man, we need more uh, overtime, we need more safety and security because they just had a ride. And the riot was because they put some type of agent provocateur on the yard who was going his conservative efforts to get a TV or radio or to drop a 1030 somewhere so he could go another yard. And he just the, the, somebody on the, one of the guards or lieutenant sergeants or whoever a, a favor. So you get these individuals, they sabotage these agreements, they in hostility, so they integrate individuals from other yard, whether it's the S and Y yard or somebody who just don't have a, a understanding or consciousness to understand how serious it is that we uphold the agreement and hostility so people could come out the back. People just uh delegates to better explain the strategy behind the agreement and hostilities. So they could see the bigger picture. So yeah, we use the agreement in a study group sense to teach the pop culture youth on the yard. And once they start seeing themselves being a part of it and participating inside of the group or the extra curricular activity was on the yard, for example, we used to do walks, peace walks on every 23rd. The 23 represented 23 hours that was in solitary confinement. Also, two and three represents five, five core demands. So once we start gaining momentum, we start changing that gangster mentality into a revolutionary mentality. So that's, that's how the self-change came about. And they started to stop looking at themselves as being ignorant or the N-word. You know, they start looking at themselves as young kings and start realizing who they were. And then I passed the book on self uh, destruction of uh, black civilization, message to the black man, you know, and then it became one big circle, one big circle of peace. Now we could better, once we can, uh, and better uh, ourselves, we could go to the next culture, to the next race, and we become go-to people in our generation. And now we can better represent the elders who set footprints in a positive way. Those that should never been there, who should have been free.
Now, when you start standing in solidarity like that, you become objectively subjected to reprisals. But if you're strong and you're resilient and you come up in an environment that's already tough, a concrete jungle, you ain't going to be broken anyway because it's already in you. Well, that is beautiful and inspiring. And I think, again, what it feels like to me is that that's what we want to be promoting out here. We want to, we want to be building a society that is bringing out the best and the strongest, and that can happen outside of prison. Right. And I, and I, you know, the environment with so much, when we're creating environments with so much deprivation and so much violence, um, so much retaliation, yes, it, it, it can be an environment for people to, to become stronger and, and like you said, you, you found your self-realization in there. Uh, under those conditions, you found out how strong you were. Um, and I just want to make sure that we are creating that balance um, for that for us out here that haven't had to experience that and we that we again, we want to be creating a society where people can where people can thrive in the free space. Well, we're not having to just survive dealing with, again, deprivations and, and violence and, like you said, even just lack of food and sleep. I mean, those are the two biggest medicine. I mean, that's medicine, food, right. and, food and sleep, right? And right. we know that those things are um, all can be weapons against you, have been used as weapons against you. Um, but it is, and, and, I, and I don't want to dis diminish again um you know what you have what you have accomplished where you've come and you and you're right i mean you, you we do have to take it to that spiritual space of things happen for a reason and you are making really good on that in such a beautiful way um not only in the work that you are doing um for what you have done for yourself but how you have become that that king that wisdom keeper that that sharing of knowledge for uh the youth youth or just people that they don't have to necessarily be young but um and helping them to see that that beauty and strength within themselves as well and taking that wisdom from the elders um as as well and like you were saying um i do want to put a spotlight on the fact that there should not be elders in prison. No. Period. Right? Like why do they got an elder law? Exactly. If they're not uh, adequately using it. Yeah. Exactly. So that is one of the things that is gonna be happening or that we are um uh doing during this um this event and i so i definitely want us to talk about that about this event because I think it really does tie in um uh, right now to what it is that, that you're talking about. And um, I also want listeners to know that you can read the agreement to end hostilities and the history of the, the hunger strikes and really what it was about by, again, going to the prisons.org website, the California Prison Focus website, and reading our old uh, reading, sorry, the old archives, the news, newsletter, um, and also the SF Bayview, uh, because uh, what Minister Kane was talking about is that that collective effort, um, the only way that certain things can happen is by um, them, uh, the strategy of working with us out here. So we really need to become strong advocates. We need to be educating ourselves. It's not, um, that's how we can um, help to be a part of the solution. Um, and so, again, um, educate yourself. Uh, the, the words of those that have experienced this are there for us to, to read. And the Liberate the Caged Voices Free Satawa campaign is about honoring 
uh, the elders. Zatawa is an elder, and we will be honoring elders at the event coming this weekend because there should be no people imprisoned for 20, 30, 40 years. We need to we need to end that that practice, and that's going to come from um, the collective effort of all of us. So, with that said, Minister King, did you want to talk about did you want to talk about the event that's happening, the artists, artists in yeah. action and solidarity, and what's happening around that? Yeah, I, I'm gonna say something real fast about um, the strike. So, like in 2011, 2013, when I came and involved with the collective, and they view started promoting the demands, and the things that I learned from the elders at that time, what I was highlighting, putting a highlighter on, was, you know, when you put the welfare of the community over the welfare of the individual, and then you start looking in the mirror and realize that anything you do, say, any act you take that's not productive, it becomes counterproductive to the community. Mm. So it's like, you, okay, you, 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 you don't want to act as though you act in the, uh, um, a better interest of, of imperialism. Mm. So what I used to tell the young brothers is like, look, man, we all part of a collective. So, for example, if you see a guy that's pimping a young sister or selling drugs, they promote white supremacy. I just keep it blunt. Mm-hmm. And once they start seeing that, they're like, oh, I don't want to do that. Right. So that's the ugly of it. And that's what I've learned to put inside the art. And, and, and I give all the credit for others alike especially the elders who was able to break down words like menacide. You know, when I was younger, I didn't know what fascism mean. I didn't know about the whole social control. I didn't know that capitalism itself was a system within the system, a structure within the structure. I didn't realize that America is a, is a corporation. So once I started realizing these things from my infancy, I started evolving and, and grabbing on to an ideology. So once my ideology became strong and firm, and then I got the uh, type of worldview that I knew that was um, uh, attached to adult politics instead of immature politics, then that, that's when I went in and started rewriting the script of my art, and I started ripping out the things that I seen that was a contradiction. So... That's what the artifice in action stands for when we write pieces like Plan My Strike, When the Panthers Die. These are pieces I stand to vote. So some of these are the pieces that's going to be introduced, introduced to the, um, to the event, but not just introduced to the event, but we're going to campaign these pieces. And we're going to campaign these pieces attached to the Satawa, free Satawa movement, free the elders. And um, one of the pieces that uh, we just recorded in honor of uh, San Quentin Six and in honor of uh, Satawa and others alike, uh, brothers who was part of the strike like Paul Reed, um, Louis Powell, you know, Matope, these brothers should have been free. So San Quentin... X is one of the pieces that we we um contributing to the uh cause and we have an uh we just made another piece called uh abolish it to end prison slavery. So all these pieces are awareness pieces. Then we got the art where we're we're allowing prisoners because I got so many brothers and sisters that I left behind that may otherwise don't get letters. They may not have nobody to write them or come to see them, or even during the phase of where you can have family visits because a lot of the families passed away. Right. And, you know, so a lot of them can't go to the store. A lot of them can't do things for themselves. And the uh, incentive here is to allow them to take the funds and pay off their restitution. 
they can't even go to the store because they got a restitution if you send them uh, $100, $55. So that's extortion right there from CDCR who don't want to take accountability and responsibility for their own actions that they're committing a crime, a RICO act. But that's another uh, conversation. Indeed. So the, the, the goal here is to make the brothers and allow the brothers and sisters to have a platform so they could be self-determined to the fact where they have money on their books. They could use their uh, art to express themselves and not only express themselves, but they, they could use their own story and not be exploited, you know, tell their own story, Absolutely. open the door so their voices could be liberated through the cage, Absolutely. liberate those cage voices. That's right. That's it. Thank you. Thank you for that. And I hope that the listeners are really understanding that what it also is going to take is the connection with us out here. We can be writing them. We can make sure that we are upholding their voices, that we are putting their voices forward, because they are really the barometer of what's happening in this society. They are the true barometer, and their voices need to be out front. And it is incumbent upon us here again in the quote, free world we cannot be free if we have our brothers and sisters caged so um so i want to invite people to this event um so it's happening on december 7th this saturday yeah. from 4 to 7 p.m yeah. one second i excuse me folks i gotta get my glasses on so 4 to 7 p.m it's going to be at the queen memorial church of god at 1324 East 24th Street in Oakland. Please come on down. Um, it is going to be an amazing event. And, and yes, this isn't about just rah-rah. This is about us being, let's be affected. Let's be moved. Let's get, let's get educated, like Minister King is saying, that th- th- this work has meaning. It has meaning and has a direct connection to the people that are have been left behind but we don't want them to be left behind we are going to again elevate their voices so i wanted to ask you minister king did you want to play your song uh yeah this is a uh, piece like i was saying earlier that we dedicate to the uh, brothers and sisters behind the walls and it started off as a uh, uh, a series um this is part one and then it's going to go up to, like, I think a 12 series. And yeah, it's dedicated to the San Quentin Six, my late brother, Conrad, Hugo Pinnell. It's dedicated to, uh, you'll see another piece on there. It's just attached to it, dedicated to my brother, Satawa, and others alike, and all the sisters that's in prison, too. And, um... I know you, uh, you're aware about the, uh, the 13th Amendment, men, the 13th Amendment. So it's a piece on there where you can hear them say, uncaged slave. And I'm saying that because I'm still a slave. In every aspect, I'm, I'm not free, fully free until they're free. So I still got one chain on my leg. You know, whether it's an ankle bracelet, you know, I'm still an uncaged slave. And when they get out of here, we gotta we gotta be prepared, like you say. So that's what the song is about. All right, beautiful. Here we go. I could never relax again. I can still smile now after ten years of blocking night bursts and the thick candles of faceless, sadistic pigs of anticipating and reacting for ten years. Seven of them insulted. I can still smile sometimes. By the time this is over, I may not be a nice person. And don't make you watch and burn in hell. Simon. 
bone crushers Made from the locker for the designers All this masculinity surround us BGF taught the Mexicans how to make hammers Do they respect the formation of George Jackson? Actually, my boy said Dashiris is brownies I jama jam In reality, the constitution was written in Swahili by family We define our success through the scales of disruption See old handed that white boy, my male, like Yogi, Hugo. I stuck him, tried to tie the door. I yanked it open, got at his cousin. And that rap bleeding from the throat. They still use 1030s to jam the dope. One of life, original wolf packer. They didn't want to let him go. This is a behavior modification, psychological, and low intensity warfare against the mind of a human being. That's what it said. I have a dream that one day mass civil trials and judgments by prisoners who suffer unjustly while exploited for what tax dollars our bodies bring prison operations statewide by taking claim to the very tax dollars used to render us a part of an industry or commodity as opposed to a part of the human race. See, that's what California focus is. We're a platform your voices that people need to hear. Like this. While CDCR told the public that we were hardened beyond redemption and repair, as we struggled to succeed, prison officials become the very criminals we were once portrayed to be. San Quentin, rather than Cat. Aaron's profound Mustafa. His skin started to corrode. Now we as well few with the nation. They cleaning up the dope. But yeah, though, I salute with another Shijala hoop. Green wall snatched us off the yard. Threw us in the shoe. Adjustment center through the trace slot. They hock spit in my food. Still take the season and pack. Do what I do on a hunger strike in San Quentin. I've become aware that the only hope lies in resistance. They have learned that resistance is actually possible. The holes are beginning to slip away. Manifesto, Attica protests, rats trapped under scientific observation. Bing, best bifocal on black and white paper. Soon as he touched the yard, all Steve Harvey, 90 days he gone waiting. Orientation, I've been training. He said, I'll allow you to stay alive. Just let me kill off your masculine pride. No more black berets, brown berets, red berets, yellow lines. Jesse Perez, you allow Robert Lasaco to compromise after the smoke clear. The amount of integrity should be all in. Broke your men, don't count me among your tattoo tears.
King. Yeah. That was so powerful. Appreciate it. So I want the listeners, to, wow, I want you all to know that Minister King just gifted us with the first hearing of this song here on Prison Focus Radio at KPOO. So this is just a sampling, a beautiful, powerful, revolutionary sampling of his amazing work. And I hope that you will join us again uh, this Saturday so you can hear and see and meet. Well, you can hear and see more of his work and you can meet Minister King as well. Um, this is going to be an amazing event. And Minister King, I really appreciate you joining us this morning. We are going to get going, but I just want to let people know that, again, this is tomorrow, oh, sorry, Saturday, December 7th from 4 to 7 p.m. Meet us at the Queen Memorial Church of God at 1324 East 24th Street, Oakland, California. Minister King, have a beautiful week. Thank you so much, and I'll talk to you later. Listeners, we'll be back with, um, hopefully you'll be back with us next Thursday. Have a beautiful, beautiful weekend. Take care. Goodbye.
instructions from Captain Joe.